shit at home and play the game. His girlfriend paid the bills. Yeah. I remember for about three months, all he did was sit at home and look for a smell. Let me explain. I come home one day from work, and he said, man, it smells, I smell something. You don't smell that? It smell like rotten food. I didn't smell anything. I go in my room. Next day, he's like, man, I look for that smell all day. I couldn't find it. Man, I don't know what you about. Did you clean out the refrigerator? He's like, yeah, man, I love the refrigerator. I couldn't find it. So, the next day, same thing. The next day, same thing. He claimed that he was looking for this smell all day long for almost three months. That's all he did. I asked him, like, what you did today, man? Look for that smell. Like, man, I'm out here working 40 hours at one job, 20 hours at another job. And he got a girl paying his half of the rent, and he in here looking for a smell. And he wasn't looking for a smell, because that's just stupid. All he was doing was just sitting there playing the game all day. He one of those guys that get up, that do the online gaming. Even back then, before it was online gaming, he could literally sit and play a game for 10, 11, 12 hours straight. Take a two, three hour break, go back and do another 12 hours. And he did that every single day. And I'm pretty sure he's still doing that. He never stopped. When when um he started uh, playing other people online, it actually got worse. But back then, he just played by himself. He could play, like I said, for about 12 hours straight. He'd go get something to eat. Um, spend some time with his girlfriend go right back to the game day in and day out we was roommates for like a year and a half and he never had a job as far as I remember yeah he did he had a job for a couple of months out of a year and a half but other than that he didn't do nothing So you can look out the window and see who at the front door. 
I look out the window and it's this big white guy with a whole bunch of muscles look like a bodybuilder or something and then it's kind of this tall slender black guy and I ain't no neither one of them both of them they clothes all ripped up and they all dirty and bloody and stuff what happened to y'all that's what I was thinking so they banging and they yelling something I know I don't know what he's saying cause I could I was it was just it, they was screaming so I don't know what they was yelling until I got closer the point is I know John can hear all this noise he didn't even come out of the bedroom he just man he is lazy in every way so I come home to my bedroom and I go up there and I scream at the door who is it they kept saying man get general we need general we need general I said general who there is no general or no generals here. They may just get generals. That's what it sounded to me. It sounded like they were saying general. So, I finally, after I argued with them for a couple of minutes, telling them that it's not a general here, but they won't go anywhere. I go to John's bedroom, knock on the door, tell him it's some crazy people outside so he come out he goes to the door he look out the peephole soon as he look out the peephole he let him in I'm thinking like man you gonna let these crazy people in the house so he let him in the house right after he let him in he tell me that that's his childhood friends Apparently they weren't saying John General. They were saying John Earl. Cause that's his name. His name is John Earl. Like, yeah, white like one name. He just go by John. But when they said it, it sounded he's saying general to me. But they saying John Earl. I picked to him verbal about that. For the up until now, I still pick at him about that for some reason. Cause it sounds so stupid. Sound like he called him general. But anyway, after I figure out they know each other, they go into this long story about how they was at a cookout. And it wasn't anybody but Hispanic people there. No black people, no white people, just Hispanic. It was a family cookout or something. They say they start flirting with some of the women, not knowing that the women was married or had boyfriends. And they say the boyfriends got mad. And the whole thing ended with them getting chased by what they call 
um, a group of Mexicans with baseball bats and machetes. Look, man, I'm looking around like, wait a minute. Because the whole time I'm leaning against the wall watching them just in case they make a move. He might know them, but I don't know them. In case I have to run out the front door or fight or something, I don't know. So after he get done with his long story, I told him, man, look, you get chased by a pack of people and instead of going to the police station back to your house anywhere you come to a childhood friend's house why didn't you call 911 he didn't never explain or answer my question so he asked John if he can give him a ride to go look for his brother. Thinking your brother. It was three of y'all? What happened to him? He said he got lost along the way. Wait a minute, man. Wait a minute. Let's stop. He got lost along the way. You've been sitting here talking to us for like 45 minutes. And you don't know where your brother at? He's like, nah, man, we was running. He got lost. We don't know what happened to him. He didn't go back for him. He didn't go check on him. He just kept on running. And sat down and had a conversation. Why his brother missing? If I was his brother, after I healed up from my wounds, we would have had to fight again. But either way, he and John and the white guy, they go look for his brother. They asked me that I want to go. I told him, hell no, I ain't going out there. But they find the brother. And when they find him, they find him in an abandoned field with all his clothes ripped up and his shoes off. When I came back, I asked him, I said, what, uh, did y'all find a brother? What happened? He said, yeah, man, they beat him out his shoes. So they beat him out his shoes. And then he explained the whole thing, how he took him home. They didn't want to go to the hospital. They didn't want to go to the police. That's how I know that he was doing some illegal stuff. He probably had just did some kind of drug transaction or they um, had robbed somebody. I don't know what they was doing, but I know they weren't at no cookout. And I know they probably ain't get chased by no pack of Mexicans either. <laughs> that was just some stupid story that they made up. just laughed at everything he was a 
giggly, chubby kind of guy. Yeah, he just laughed at everything. Everything was funny. You feel like the funniest person on earth just to be around him because he giggled and laughed at everything. But, um, he stayed with his mom. And the crazy part about it is, one day I'm in the grocery store shopping and I see him. And he passed by and I speak to him. And then I thought I'd see him again. But this time, he got a wig and a dress on. I'm like, yo, I know I just got off work. I'm tired. I'm a little frustrated. But is that Donnie walking down the aisle with a wig and a dress on? Same mustache and everything. Come to find out, that wasn't Donnie. That was his mama. His mama looked just like him. And I promise you, maybe it was just my imagination, but I could have sworn she had facial hair too. I thought she had a mustache and a goatee. I'm like, wow, man. I never in my entire life, except on the sitcom Martin. And that's a TV show. That's fantasy. I've never seen anybody look that much. A mother and a son look that much alike. Where... No lie, I honestly thought he had uh, went in the bathroom and started cross-dressing or something. I said, I know he laughing, giggling at everything, but whoa, what's going on, man? What you doing with a dress on? That was his mama. Yeah, but um, yeah, Donnie, Donnie, he's a funny guy. He never, he always have a job, always have a job, different jobs too. He don't work fast food, he don't work construction, he don't work for the city, he don't work at Walmart, Kmart, Target, um, Subway, McDonald's, Burger King. I mean, he has... And like seemed like a hundred jobs, and all of them part time, because his mom don't make him pay no bills. He spent all his money, and he's a grown man. He's a grown man. He spent all his money on um, video games and uh, comic books. I remember one day, he was uh, short on some money because he wanted to buy a new game. And this I found out, he was so, I don't know what. So he um, needed some extra money. And we went to um, this comic book place. He pulled out a stack of like, 
100 comic books. And they all of them was rare. They asked the guy how much could he get for him. The guy gave him like $10,000. I'm looking at him like, wow. You got a stack of comic books worth $10,000? He said, nah. They worth it was a ridiculous number, like four times that amount. He said he was desperate for the money, so he sold it. I had a lot of questions. Number one, man, he stayed in one of the worst neighborhoods in the city, right? He had no car, he rode a city bus. He worked part-time at Burger King, McDonald's, and all these different places. He smelled like he hadn't washed in about 15 days. And somebody just gave him $10,000. What are you going to do with $10,000? That's what I... I still don't know what he did with the money. All I know is he still stayed with his mama. He still worked a part-time job. He still spent all his money on video games and comic books. And he still smelled like a grizzly bear. So he must change. I don't know what he did with the money. But it was crazy. Maybe he needed it for his mama. Maybe he needed it for emergency or something. Maybe it wasn't for video games. But I'm just baffled that he had that kind of uh, stuff around worth that much money. And he living like that. But that was Donnie for you, man. That's the thing about John. I knew John for since I was like 11 years old. And John had so many friends. He made friends just like that. Well, he called people friends just like that. He, he'd get a job. Like, say he got a job one day. He'd come home from work. He'd be like, yeah, man. Me and my friend... Joseph and my friend Tommy and my friend this. I'm like, who is Tommy and Joseph and all these people? He's like, yeah, my um, my homeboy from work. You know what I'm saying? We we be chilling and stuff. Thinking like, did you just meet these people today? And they coming over here to hang out? Yeah, he meet people just like that and call them their friend and say they friends and. How he know they family and all this stuff. You could meet him for an hour. You feel like he'll make it seem like y'all know each other for a lifetime. That got him in a lot of trouble too. Still does. I keep telling him you can't trust everybody. 
can't call everybody your friend. I don't even call him my friend. I call him an acquaintance because he's not my friend. He's, nah, we not friends. I hate that sound cold or whatever, but I'm I'm an adult. I know what a friend is and I know what an acquaintance is. (laughs) And he's an acquaintance. The point is, him and Donnie, they were friends because they played video games. That's all. He didn't do anything else that Donnie did but play video games. That's it. That's the only um, attachment to each other. Seems silly to me, though. John had a friend named Phil that he met working at Walmart. And, um, he wasn't really my friend, but he was John's friend. So we was friends by acquaintance, I guess. He, um, wanted us to go to the club with him that night. That's how we ended up going to the club, period. We weren't even thinking about going to the club. Matter of fact, before that night, I had never been to a club before. It just wasn't my thing. Phil was, he looked like a mixture between and I don't even know if everybody even knows these people but he looked like a mix between let's see Warren Sapp Bart Simpson Beanie Siegel <laughs> and um let's see and a turtle yeah, he was a little short guy with cornrows. He always had his hair cornrowed. And he was kind of looked like a football player. He was a stocky little guy. He lived with his mom, was the thing we used to always mess with him about. Because, you know, we was all, we thought we was big men because we lived by ourselves. And he was still living at home with mom. He's Man, he is a real grown man now. He is not a baby anymore. He ain't in his early 20s or nothing like that. He still live with his mama, so... I don't know if he ever gonna move out. But, um... He worked at this, uh... Grocery store. He was like the oldest bag boy in the world, maybe. I don't know. But he worked at a grocery store... He worked at the uh, self-checkout, which was so stupid. I'm thinking this self-checkout, why do we need you there if it's self-checkout? But that was his job. He loved his job because he didn't do anything. All he did was stand there and talk to the uh, security guard all night, he said, and mess with the real cashiers. They over there working. He just standing there. 
yeah, I never really meet him down the road after uh, me and John started being roommates. Me and him, me and Phil, we were roommates for about maybe a year, I think. And, um, it was, it ended up being a horrible experience, but the experience itself wasn't that bad because he was never there, I promise you. Only thing he did ever come home for was he would come home, play on the computer, like download music or whatever, then he'd uh, take a shower, eat, and leave. He, he spent maybe like a day is 24 hours. He might have spent like three hours a day then. But in the end, he messed me up. Because in the end, look, I didn't know he was about to move. So every month for the last year, I'm giving him the rent check for him to go pay the rent. So I didn't think it was nothing. It wasn't even a check. It was a money order. So I give him the money. I say, I'ma leave the money order inside the counter, the drawer, in the kitchen, right? So I'm thinking it is what it is. I leave the money in the the, the money order in the drawer. I go to work. I come home, everything gone. I'm talking about he done moved all his furniture. He done moved his bed. He done cleaned it out like he was never there. And not only did he take his stuff, he took some of my stuff too. Man, look. So... No, no, not only did he take his stuff, my stuff, he took the money order. So, he took, he took some of my furniture, he took some of my, he took a camera, he took all types of stuff, digital camera, a thumb drive some all types of weird stuff that nobody you know should take and he took my half of the rent for the month look I go to the police station and I didn't want that for long cause I was already pissed I walk in and I'm like can I speak to somebody they asked me what happened. And I say, well, and I explained to them the exact same thing that I just said about me coming home with my roommate and I took everything. Guess what they did? And this is no lie. They started laughing. Man, I walked out. I said, man, they ain't gonna help me. I'm gonna hunt them down myself. So I'm calling them and calling them and I'm sending them threatening text messages and all types of stuff he never responds back 
And until this day, I have never heard from or seen him ever again. I'm still looking for him. Because he owe me half on some rent. He owe me a digital camera. He owe me some other electronic devices. Maybe two digital cameras. And he owe me an explanation why he walked out in the middle of the lease. Yeah, me and him got some, we got some things to discuss. He owe me, let's see, if I had to add it up, he owe me over a thousand dollars for sure. Maybe over two thousand dollars. And then, he owe me the, uh, pain and anguish of having to find, I never found a new roommate. Forget that roommate. After him and John, I never had a roommate ever again, and I'm never planning on it. I live in a closet before I have another roommate. Yeah, that's not happening. But I, I never seen him again, and I, he ruined the whole having a roommate. Oh, she completely flubbed out. We sitting there playing the game. And the way the um, living room was set up, you could walk behind the couch. It was spaced behind the couch and it was spaced in front of the couch. So all this is going on behind us. We sitting there playing the game. His girlfriend come in the living room with us and she mad because we going to the club later so she started cussing and screaming at him and yelling and everything he is into the game he's still playing the game like ain't nobody in the room except for me and he he talking trash to me we playing 2k and he talking trash about how he beat me so bad and everything. And she just cussing him out. She not real close to him, but she close enough. He can hear her. She's yelling. So when that didn't work, she um goes in the bathroom. And the way their bathroom is set up, it's two doors. One leading to that bedroom and one that led to the living room she left the door open so we could see her so he's still looking at the game and she behind us man I'm watching her the whole time so I'm watching her and I see her in there messing around looking for something she finally found one of his belts, right? She take the belt and tie it around her neck. Take the other side of the belt and tie it to the shirt, to the uh, curtain rod. Right? 
and she had a few hair herself. Man, a curtain rod is made of aluminum. Aluminum. She had to weigh. She was a big girl, no lie. She she was she wasn't a small person. If I would, she had to weigh over 200 pounds, I would guess, or close to it. So when she jumped on that curtain rod, that curtain rod died immediately, and she fell into the bathtub. Oh yeah, boom! And she just laying in the bathtub. I looked back. It kind of—I thought it had knocked her unconscious for a second, cause she lay there for a good about minute. And then she got up, kind of um, shook it off from her fall, and she go in the kitchen. I'm thinking, like, is this over yet? She go in the kitchen, and she screamed back, talking about, uh, I'm about to go get a knife. I saw her look. I screamed back at her. I said, man, if you go get a knife, I'm about to call 911, and you about to go to jail, and you about to get kicked out. And if you come over here, I'm about to hurt you. (laughs) That's what I screamed. She ain't paying attention to nothing I said. And the whole time, I'm sitting right beside John. I'm screaming in his ear as I scream to her. And he ain't doing nothing about it. He ain't getting up. He ain't moving. So, she get a little knife out of um, one of the drawers in the kitchen. And it's a little bitty um, Swiss Army knife. It was something I used to file my nails with. Because I think all it had on it, I don't even think it was a knife no more because I had broke it. All it had on it was a fingernail file. So, she she tried to get all dramatic. Like she go cut her wrist and pull out the fingernail file. Start rubbing it across her wrist to try to get his attention. I'm cutting myself. I, I don't want to live. And all kinds of stuff. He ain't moving. He ain't looking. He ain't paying attention at all. I look over there. She cutting her wrist and then she show it. To show that she trying to cut her wrist. It wasn't nothing but a whole bunch of ash. Because it was a fingernail file. She wasn't cutting nothing. So when that didn't get his attention. She uh run to the bathroom say I'm about to cut my hair off he loved her hair for some reason he thought her hair was beautiful and he liked it long so she threatened to cut her hair off that didn't get his attention but she did start cutting her hair she went in there and got some scissors but all she did was cut off the tips It actually looked better after she was done than before. That didn't get his attention, right? So, after she finished cutting off her hair, 
We stayed on the second floor, so we had a balcony. She screamed, I'ma jump off the balcony. I'm thinking, number one, why are you walking us through all this stuff you go do to yourself? That show how young she was. He was about 21, and she was 18. So she, it was a, it was a little gap in maturity. And I don't think he should have been dating her in the first place. Because as far as I know, he was dating her before, they had been dating for a while. So you do the math. If he 21 and she 18 and they had already been dating for a couple of years, look man. He deserved to be in prison, and she deserved to be in, I don't know where she need to be at, but that's a whole nother story. Either ways, man, she run out onto the balcony, right, said she go jump. We stayed, the way the apartment was set up, we stayed on like a hill, so it was a hill in the back. So the back wasn't really that high off the, um, off the ground. Four feet, maybe, five. So when, so she wasn't bluffing either. She, man, she ran out there, climbed her big old tail over that, uh, balcony, and just dropped like a rock. Bow! <laughs> It wasn't a long drop, but she dropped. We looked down there. She was round on the ground, like, kicking her legs like a cockroach on his back or something. Yeah, she finally, like, rolled over and got up. <laughs> and uh, she came in the house, and when she came in the house, they just ran in the bedroom, both of them, like, stormed off into the bedroom and slammed the door. And I went in my room, mind my business. I don't care what they talking about. Just psychotic activity, you know what I'm saying? And this was the first time I was away from home, too. I had never been away from home. And we got this crazy girl running around threatening to cut herself and jump over balconies and all types of weird stuff. I'm thinking like, man. Is this what living with a roommate is? Because I don't like this at all. I told him about it, man. Look, man, you got to get a hold of her. She either got to leave or I'm going to leave. We end up breaking the lead. That's the reason we don't live together no more. That's the reason we had to uh, stop being roommates because of her. We stopped being friends because of her. I remember the club we went to. The bouncers was real aggressive. Like, they would um have this thing where they hit people in the throat. 
sounds, sounds illegal to me, but that's what they did. Like, every time somebody got out of hand off a fight broke out, they favorite move to subdue people was to either grab them by the throat and slam them on the ground or just hit them in the throat and then slam them on the ground. And it was real effective. So, the first night we there, it was this drunk white guy with this big giant white t-shirt on and he was real skinny and some kind of way he got into an altercation with um, one of the bouncers man it was a black bouncer with a bald head and he was all muscle I'm telling you man he picked that little dude up he wasn't even little he had to be like maybe like 5'10 and um but he picked him up by the throat and slung and like slammed him up against the wall and then from the wall he just slammed him on the ground when he slammed him on the ground we thought he was dead because he wasn't moving couldn't find out he was just unconscious the bartender came over with a bucket of water and splashed some water on him. He came back to life like a mummy or a zombie or something. Yeah, he popped up and was still ready to fight. So, they kicked him out, right? When they get outside, he still want to fight. He's still talking crazy. So, the bouncer grabbed him by the throat again. Slam him up against the side of the brick building. That time, he didn't want to fight no more after that. After his head hit that wall. He done been knocked unconscious one time. thinking like he didn't want to get hit again. So, after that, all of us start walking down the street. The people that I was with, I mean the whole club, it's dispersing so everybody walking down the street. I look to my left or my right or whatever, and I see the guy, the white tea guy that just got knocked out in the club. And he got some people with him. Phil walking behind me. One of the people that was with the white tea guy put his arm around Phil's shoulder, like around his neck. Like they was friends or something. Like they just won a championship basketball game or something. And uh, they walking along. I don't know what the hell they was talking about because, I, like I said, I was in front of them and there was a lot of people. So I couldn't hear what they were saying. But... As we walking along, the dude in the white tee was like, what you looking at? He was talking to Phil, and Phil wasn't saying nothing. He was like, I said, what you looking at? And Phil still ain't saying nothing. And I mean, he said that about 
a hundred times. And then he started using, like, racial slurs and calling them this and that. I said, what you looking at? And adding stuff on. So finally, and I'm not even a fighter or nothing like that. Finally, I turned around. I said, man, what you mean what he looking at? He looking at you. You just got knocked out in the club, man. You want to get knocked out again? Boy, after I said that, he went crazy, man. He started screaming and cussing and yelling and all this kind of stuff like he wanted to fight. Now, mind you, he right beside me, right? So if he wanted to fight, he could have hit me at any time. So he's screaming and yelling and cussing. The guy that had his arm around Phil come walk over and start holding him back and stuff. Like he was really trying to get to me. He holding him back, you know, and he's screaming and cussing and yelling. Hiya beat me up and threatening. And me, I'm not, I'm a calm guy. You know, so I'm just standing there like, whatever. I told him, I said, I'm looking around me, man. I got me, Carl, Phil, John, and then the two girls. But I'm looking around me like, what? I told him, let them go. I'm not by myself either. Let them go. And I didn't want to fight. I hadn't been in a fight in, like, since I was a child. I don't fight. But I would have fought then. Just because of the situation. It probably would have been, it would have, it was stupid. But I was irritated, so I said something. But either way, the guy holding him back or whatever. So... He's just talking. So I just walk away and go ahead and cross the street so we can go get in the car or whatever. So all of us cross the street. It's a big eight-lane street. We get on the other side of the street. All of a sudden, Phil want to be a tough guy. He turn around because the, the guy in the white tee, he's still on the other side of the street. Screaming at us, yelling threats, getting held back. So Phil, when we get on the other side of the street, Phil starts screaming back, BX, BX, I ain't from around here. I ain't from around here. Like, you ain't from around here. And he kept saying, BX, BX. He was born in New York. He moved where we live at when he was um, like five. So I don't even see that as counting at all. All his family is from New York, but he's not to me. But he kept saying BX, BX. I guess that meant Bronx. And he kept saying BX, I ain't from around here. And the whole time we thinking like, man, look, when the guy had his hand on his, on your shoulder and around your neck, and when the other guy was screaming all this racial stuff all in your face, 
Where was you at then? You weren't saying nothing. Total silence. Soon as we get across a eight-lane street with all these cars passing by and all this distance in between us, now you want to start running your mouth. So, we just got went ahead and got in the car. And when we get in the car, white, the guy in the white tee still out there screaming and yelling when we pass back by. He's still out there talking because he saw us again driving past. So as we driving past, Phil was like, he he asked the guy Carl because Carl had a gun in his car, licensed gun that he owned. He was, you know, legally able to carry. And he was like, man, let me let me hold the toast. Let me hold the burner, the ratchet, the tool. Like, man, come on, man, stop trying to be a gangster. After you almost got beat up, talking about a ratchet and a tube and a burner and some toast. Nah, we ain't let him hold no gun. We just went home. Yeah, it was a stupid situation. We call him BX ever since then. BX, I ain't from around here. Come on, man. Yeah. He, if he wanted to be a tough guy, he should have been a tough guy when he was over there in that dude's face. Don't be a tough guy when you're across the street. Me, personally, I don't ever think I was a tough guy. Because I didn't want to fight. He was just, the guy was just kept saying the same thing over and over again. What you looking at? What you looking at? So I turned around and said, he looking at you. You know, what you think he's looking at? You see him looking at you. Stop saying the same thing over and over again. He looking at you because you just got choked and slammed on the ground unconscious in the club. And he wanted to see if you was alright. Yeah, it was, it was just a whole bunch of nonsense. But it did make for a good story. Later on, when we was picking at uh, Phil, yeah, we found out right now he was, uh, he is the definition of a punk. The kind of guy that, like I said, he want to be a tough guy when he know ain't nothing gonna happen. He just a whole bunch of talk. Yeah, he's a um, studio gangster. <laughs> That's what he is. Punk.